morning as well. Great to see you this morning. Uh, a great, wonderful, um, wonderful to worship together. Um, yeah, I think after I think after how David started us off, I uh, I feel like I'd love us just to to finish off, just con- to continue to worship. If it's something that that pleases Him, then I wanna I don't wanna miss a moment that's gonna please the Father. And uh, and so uh, and so I have three points to make this morning, and I'll make them as quickly as I can, and then I'd just love us to to finish off our time just with with just continuing to worship. And you know what I, what I really love, actually, is, as uh, we were singing, I, I just felt a, an overwhelming sense of, uh, I don't know if satisfaction is the right word, but just a real appreciation, I suppose, to be in a place where, where, people, where people sing. I don't want to commend the men, actually, because I think it's, it's wonderful to be in a place, it's wonderful to be in a, in a, in a community of people where men sing. Because it's not that, it's not as, uh, it's not as common as you'd think. And, um, Seeing men telling Jesus how much they love them is just incredible to be around. I really appreciate that. And uh, even even some of us men that can't sing that great, I just love the Father. Like, I think about me whenever the kids draw a drawing or a picture or play something on the drums, and they think it's amazing. And in that moment, I think there's nobody like my children. There's no drawing has ever been... Uh, what's the right English? Drawn. <laughs> Drawed. There's no pictures <laughs> like my kid. There's no there's no drum beat that's ever been played as good as my child just played it. And I, and I think uh, as, as the father hears us sing and worship, I think if he, as he hears me even uh, just meditating on some stuff this morning and sharing it with you, it's like that's my boy. Nobody, nobody's. There's no one like him. There's no one like him. And, and he says the same over each one of you, whether it's singing or whatever it is. There's he, that's. How, the affection that he has towards us all, and I think that's beautiful. And so, if we can continue to to worship him and thank him, I'd love to uh, just to go back and to to do that. I think as we worship there, that I just really felt reminded of uh, that for some of us, as we continue to worship, as we continue to come thirsty, for and for many of us, maybe the circumstances or the situation that we that we have carried maybe this morning hasn't changed. But I felt like I'd love to encourage you this morning. I felt the Holy Spirit remind me that your circumstance mightn't be changing, but as you continue to stand firm, as you continue to stand firm, he is doing a work in you that is maybe at the minute unseen. And my encouragement to you would be to continue to stand firm. Um, as, I, as I was thinking uh, and praying about uh, what, uh, where I wanted us to go this morning, and I don't know whether it's because I've been influenced by Jeremiah. I've been reading through a lot of Jeremiah over the last month or so, and and uh, and God, whenever He speaks to Jeremiah, so often He seems to bring him to a place or or, or show him an object, and there's and God wants to use that object lesson to to teach something to Jeremiah or to to speak into the lives of the people, and uh, and so all this week I found myself being reminded of the dunes, the sand dunes in Sligo. Um, for some of you, as will remember, when, over the summer, we uh, there's a few of us headed down to Sligo. There was a conference, and and uh, but one of the days towards the end of the week, we we took a trip uh, out Strand Hill and went to these incredible sand dunes uh, in Strand Hill in Sligo. 
And I just felt I just kept being reminded of that this week, and and uh, and eventually I was like, God, what do you want me to? What do you want to teach me? Is there something you want just to teach me, or is there something that we could maybe learn together through our afternoon at the Sand Dunes in Sligo? And uh, and I really felt there was some stuff that I wanted to share this morning, based on that. So Sand Dunes is uh, is our object lesson this morning. Uh, and so for some of you that, that have never been there, uh, it's all nice. It's like, there's sand dunes that I've, I love going to the sand dunes. But this sand dune, like, ask some of the guys that have been there, it's almost vertical. Like, it's stunning. But it's almost vertical. And uh, and I was just thinking about it last night. I was reminded of, uh, of we Amelia's response to that. The adults among us looked and were intimidated. They were in fear, fear struck because of the, the steepness, the, the how much this journey was going to take out of us. But the, but Amelia and Caleb and Eli and the kids, there was something in the kids that with just this childlike enthusiasm were like, let's go, let's go. And then when they fell or when they felt like they couldn't make it, they were just like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's keep going. And... Um, and so maybe maybe some of us are even in that place today, as we as we look at this, the, 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 where we're at and the journey of life. There's something that can either strike us, strike fear within us, that can intimidate us. But for some of us, there's something of a enthusiasm, a childlike faith that that rises within us. And, and so there's three lessons that I want to share today that I felt uh, God was speaking to me at, at least um, over the last few days. Is that them? Right, that doesn't look... Hey, flip me. I'm sitting saying they're like that, and you put that up. I promise you they're like that. That was that must have been them years ago before it got even, even more steeper. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guys. No, keep it up. Keep it up. It's fine. I usually appreciate the ministry of the sound team at the back, not so much at the moment. I need you. I need you. Um, became pretty, became clear pretty quickly as we started to to uh, escalate this intimidating, steep, vertical sand dune that uh, we 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 realised pretty soon how much it helped to walk in the path that was already marked out. And uh, there was something about stepping in fresh sand that it made, it made it so difficult. It was fresh. It was like it just fell in around you. It felt like you were going nowhere. Like you were on some sort of treadmill. But then some of us, a bit more, a bit more clued in than others, realized that if you walked in the path that was already marked out, it was a whole lot easier. And that's the first lesson that I that I want to that I want to bring this morning. I think it really helps to walk in the path that's already been marked out. And uh, and as I go through the Gospels, back in looking at this, looking at Jesus in the Gospel of Mark and and uh, and even the Gospel of Matthew, reminded of uh, of the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, we we are exposed to the... There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in, in the political world. 
But as followers of Jesus, those who want to remain faithful to Jesus, I think there's nowhere more clear than the Sermon on the Mount, the politics of Jesus. And although it was preached so many years ago, this is a this is that it helps to walk in the path already marked out. As I as we look in the, the book of Acts, as we look at the, the story, the beginnings of the early church, we see the priorities of of those people. We see the priorities of the early church in the book of Acts. And there's something in that that I think would be really helpful. We pick up how they're prioritized and I think it'd be really good for us. It would really be really helpful if we walked the path already marked out for us. And we think about Jesus. We think of of what he of of his closing words in his ministry: "Go into all the world and preach the gospel and baptize, disciple everyone, everywhere you go, teaching them, and I'll be with you always." But as David and, and others have reminded us off the last couple of weeks, without an understanding or without a walking in the great commandment, we're never going to fulfill the Great Commission. And so as I think of the Great Commandment and I think of the Great Commission, the plans and the purposes of God being revealed, being laid out for his people. And I think it would be really helpful as we think of the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. This is the path that has already been marked out for us and I think it would be really helpful that we walked that path. Last night I was, uh, I was reading in First Corinthians chapter 10 and this has been a lesson that we should have picked up long ago. Many, many haven't, and many still fail to pick up this lesson of how helpful it would be to walk in the path already marked out. And Paul, whenever he is talking about uh, talking about their forefathers, talking about the people that were had already begun this journey, already set out in this journey, and then Paul and those after him, those. Uh, those in Paul's time were writing books, writing letters, and saying These, this story has been written down. This story is, has been written down and continues to be told so that it will serve as an example to you to stay away from the mistakes that were made. I'm paraphrasing. But essentially, Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 10, and you can check it out in verse 6, and then I think again in verse 11, that the story has been written down. And you now have examples there is now examples for you so that we don't make the same mistake. And so that's the first lesson, help. It's really helpful to walk in the path already marked out. And, and practically, can I just say this, that over the last, over the last year or maybe more, I've just, I've just began to really appreciate liturgy. And, I, and so in, my, in our home now, I have the, the Book of Common Prayer. And I've come to really appreciate the Book of Common Prayer. Because what I think what liturgy does, and uh, what liturgy does is that in an individualistic culture, it, 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 it makes, it, it brings communal life, it brings something communal when we, when we participate and appreciate the liturgy in, a, in, a, in an ever uncertain world, in an ever uncertain culture, liturgy roots us in the eternal Liturgy roots us in the eternal, and that's why I love the, that song that we, that we sang. All the saints and angels, they bow before the throne, and all the, elders, all the elders shout their cry before the Lamb of God and say, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. 
And I love it, those words penned years, thousands, hundreds of years ago. And, uh, and we get to join in on that. We get to sing that song communally. We get to sing that song and we're rooted in the eternal. And so in a time of uncertainty, in a time of an, in an ever-changing world, there's something about liturgy, I think, that roots us to the eternal. Like these are some of the some of the prayers and some of the some of the comments and some of the songs are are, are thousand a thousand years old in the Book of Common Prayer. But I came across a, a quote in a book, a guy talking about traditionalism and talking about tradition. He said, "Traditionalism is the dead faith of the living. Traditionalism is the dead faith of the living." But tradition is the living faith of the dead. And, uh, and I know that there's some traditions that need to go. There's some traditions in the church that are unhelpful, that are unbiblical, that, that are man-made. But there are traditions. Sometimes I think we come across the word tradition and we automatically throw it out, throw the baby out with the bathwater. But there's traditions that reveal to us the living faith of the dead. Traditionalism is where it, it is, becomes a danger or a warning because it is the dead faith of those still living. And so today there's prayers that are being prayed. Today there are songs that are being sung from the Book of Common Prayer, from liturgy that have gone on for years. And, uh, and so we're rooted in something eternal when we appreciate the path that has already been marked out. We think we appreciate liturgy. We're reminded that around the world, and even around our nation today, I suppose particularly in the Anglican Church, we we are joining in the prayers and the songs of so many others. And and as the body of Christ, as the Church, there's something I think that is beautiful about that. And obviously, we are part. This Church is 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 inevitably falls into the banner of new Church. But sometimes I feel a reluctance to fully identify myself with that, with that brand, because there's so many of the new church in their arrogance completely dismiss the old, completely dismiss the traditional, completely dismiss the inheritance of of, of thousand-year-old traditions, and I think we miss out because of that. I think the old church misses out when they completely disengage with the new church, but the new church equally misses out when they don't appreciate and honour that which has gone on before. and um, We are becoming increasingly familiar with the story in Genesis 26 where Isaac, he redug the wells of his father. He redug those old wells. But he also, he also dug new wells. There's an appreciation, there's an acknowledgement and an honoring of the old and of the new. And so really quickly, um, I would love us just to do that. So in the Book of Common Prayer today, we were at a few verses in Psalm 69. And so in Psalm 69, so I'd love to read the first part of Psalm 69 and the second half that is underlined. I'd love you to, 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 to set back and we, we just join in with this as we, uh, as we finish out this first lesson. So Psalm 69, verse 32 to 36. And, uh, and so I'll say the first bit and if you can say the bit back and we'll join in. We'll join in with the many. We'll join in with years, old tradition. Psalm 69, verse 32. The poor will see and be glad. 
the Lord hears the needy. Let heaven and earth praise him. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. And the children of his servants will inherit it. Amen. I think it's really helpful to walk in the path already marked out. Second, second lesson that I love to pick up from uh, the dunes in Slago is that it's really difficult. And in fact, you can't carry someone the whole way. And so, so much of my, so much of what I felt being reminded of all, uh, all revolved around Neville and Amelia. You know how Neville just loves the attention. Neville was just stealing all. Neville and Amelia were, were felt just every time I was thinking about back to the Slag of Dunes, it was, it was especially Amelia. But it was in watching Neville and Amelia uh, that I felt reminded of this, provoked to, to share this second lesson. You can't carry someone the whole way. And so even though Amelia was enthusiastic and excited, her little legs, by the time they were getting a quarter of the way up this vertical Slag of Dune, uh, it got really difficult for her. And Daddy was with her, and Daddy carry me, pick me up. And Neville's fit enough. Neville does a bit of running, he does a bit of jogging, but already even a third, quarter of the way up, Neville was starting to feel it in the back of his legs. He mightn't like to admit such, but he was. And there was just no way he felt like he could carry, uh, uh, carry Amelia any part of this. But what seemed to happen, Amelia, Amelia immediately stopped gurning whenever, whenever Neville said, Amelia, you just walk right in front of me and I'll walk behind you. And I'll, I'll go at your pace. We'll take our time and you just walk right in front of me. And I'll stay behind you. But then there were there was some times that she got a burst of enthusiasm. She got a burst of energy. She got her second wind and then she would go right in front of her daddy and right in front of Neville. But Neville was always right behind her. He always made sure that he was still, uh, still pretty close. And so he walked. There were times where he walked right behind her and he encouraged her and cheered her on. And he watched her. It just seemed to become a whole lot easier as he stood behind her, encouraged her, and cheered her on. But there were times where, where Neville went and marked her way out. He went ahead of her to mark out the path to make it that bit easier. And she would come in behind him. And it was good to know. It was good for her to know that she could still, she was still close enough to her daddy. And it was good for Neville to know that she was still close behind him. And so it's so important that those that are journeying with us, those that are journeying really close to us, Maybe this for somebody here this morning. You need just to simply remind someone. You need to let them know that you're there for them. That you need to let them know that even if it's going to take a bit longer, even if it's going to take a bit longer to get to the top, even if it's going to bit, take a bit longer to, to get to the end of this journey, you need to know that I'm still going to be here. And some of us, maybe some of us need somebody else to tell us that. We need somebody, we need somebody to say to us, even if it's going to take you a bit longer, even if you're going to stumble and you need to take a bit of a pit stop, I'm going nowhere. I'm right beside you. I'm right behind you. And even if you want to journey on a wee bit, 
even if you want to try it, try your own way for a bit, I'm still going to stay pretty close. I'm still going to stay pretty close. And I would love to encourage you with that. I'd love to encourage you that you would stay close to people. Because over over to the left, over to the left as we were walking up the dunes, there's a group of young fellas around 13 or 14. And uh, I think there's maybe five or six of them. And, and uh, four or five of them, just, it just seemed to be a, quite easy for them. Because it was so steep and vertical, it was still tough. But they were away. They were... They were making good progress. They kept going. But there's one young fella, and he was just finding it really difficult. He was so struggling. And, and he was about halfway by the time his friends had made it to the top. And as they made it to the top, he was left halfway. And he tried. He still tried. He kept going. Only I was so unfit, I would have helped him out. But I, but I watched, and he, he, was, he kept going. He kept trying. He kept doing all... Uh, the, the things that his friends had tried, and and but then he realised that there was they were all gone. There was nobody left, and he tried for maybe five more minutes, and then he gave up. And he walked back down to the bottom, and he waited for his friends to finish at the top and come back down. And and you know, there's something really, there was actually something really sad about that moment, but there was something I think really sad as I consider people that are journeying in the faith that can't keep up as with everybody as quickly as we would like them to that find it a wee bit more challenging that find the journey a bit more difficult but he still had made it halfway he still made it halfway because his friends were with him because he was able to still journey with them he was able to step in in the, in, in the path that was already marked out and, but then he was left behind he was left behind and the loneliness caused him to give up the loneliness caused him to give up and just and make his way back down to the start deciding that it wasn't worth it and, and, and I feel like even this over this week this this lesson feels pretty a wee bit heavy at the minute because I've come across people in their faith that that's been their experience if they found themselves halfway up people took them along people journeyed with them and they found themselves halfway and looked around and there's nobody there and the loneliness caused them to give up. The loneliness caused them to pack it in and, and give up and give in. And, and so I'd encourage you, plead with you that you stay close to people. No matter, how you, no matter where you are in this journey, whether you are someone strong enough, able to keep going, stay close enough to those that can't. For those of you that maybe are finding it hard, maybe like this young boy, that find it hard to keep up, maybe you would be and I think there's something about young boys where he didn't want to. I never once heard him say, guys, please just wait for me. There's something about our unwillingness to be vulnerable, our unwillingness to ask for help that can sometimes be the problem why people go on ahead. And so maybe you're in that position and maybe you just need to say to somebody, would you stop? Would you just stay close? Would you just allow me to, 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 to be close to you while I work this out, while I journey through this? And I just think it's the most beautiful picture. It's the most wonderful picture idea of discipleship because I think sometimes we've we've uh, we've confused discipleship and so in some ways we've we've made discipleship let's meet at the dunes we'll meet at the bottom of the dunes once a week and we'll open out the bible or we'll open out the manual and and we'll talk about the best way to go and uh, and we'll leave it at that and we'll meet again next week and you can tell me how you get on 
there's something about discipleship saying this is the journey that I'm going on that's the destination that's where we're headed for come along with me whatever that looks like it's going to look different for us all but the, the idea of the of discipleship being not just presenting ideas presenting verses presenting nice things to say but actually let's try this out let's go on this together and uh, and there's something nice about that sometimes there's sickness sometimes a lack of fitness that causes you to stop there's sometimes midget gems that cause you to stop and uh, and so I feel I feel awful because I'm talking about a f- like there's no one as I think about the father and as I think about children there's no one like my child don't say anything bad about my child and Wendy I'm not saying anything negative about Jason but Jason came on the trip with us and before he left he filled himself with a bag full half a bag full of midget gems and, and towards the top three quarters of the way up Jason starts to feel a bit sick he starts to get realize I'm not as fit as I thought I was and in fact the midget gems the junk that I threw into my body at the bottom I am now watching it and trying to hide it the evidence of sick uh, halfway up this beautiful June but I but I uh, that's where the lesson ends where Jason's concerned I just thought I'd tell her because he's not here Jason took three, half a bag of midget gems, three quarters of the way up, felt he would just start to get sick while his wife cruised past him. Um, but yeah, but there's a, there's a, there is there's a lack of fitness. There's a, there's a lack of fitness and there is a taking on of junk that can really hinder our journey. And so really simply, uh, I think the best way to avoid a, a lack of f- fitness is to, to study. I think a lack of fitness comes from a lack of study, a lack of worship, or, or, or lack of spiritual fitness, or lack of spiritual fitness because we have given our attention to the wrong things. We've given our attention to the wrong things and we've ended up just filling ourselves with junk. And so for me, I think this, this is where it becomes personal for me. I know that the times of my most spiritual uh, unfitness is the times where um my worship, my attention is being directed somewhere else other than him. I know the times where I'm most unfit is when uh, after the dust begins to gather in this. But there's a, there's a, there's a fitness, there's a renewing, there's a getting rid of the junk when we begin to study, when we begin to hear from his word and begin to, to worship. So that was... Amelia and Neville up near the top. Here's them right at the right up at the top of the June. The next photograph. I promise you, that's a beautiful view. Um, the view from the top is stunning. It really is. And so that's the final lesson. The view from the top is worth the pain of of the journey. And uh, Paul again speaks, I think, into this. He says in Second Corinthians chapter 4 that our light momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. That what you're going through now, the challenges, the pain of the journey, that's going to be as nothing 
it's going to feel like nothing whenever we are faced with the glory, with eternal glory. That's going to far outweigh it all. And, uh, and so that was the final lesson. That was the third lesson. First lesson being, it's really helpful to walk in a path already marked out. I think this, this, this story of Scripture reveals that to us over and over again. It's really helpful. Or carrying someone else is, is, is really difficult. You can't carry someone the whole way, but, but stay close. And then the third lesson being that the view from the top is worth the pain. And on a oh there it is, brilliant. And on a, on Wednesday on Wednesday night I, I was uh, just sharing a few thoughts from the letter uh, the, the letter Paul wrote to the Colossians, and uh, and again just felt reminded of that last night, stirred to go back to Colossians chapter three, and uh, and Colossians chapter three says these says this in verses one and two, you have been raised with Christ. You have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And there's something about when there's something about the view from the top is worth the pain, but also there's something about this verse that I think is really helpful because the Father uh, invites us to see things from his perspective. He invites us to see things differently. He invites us to be seated he invites us to come and join him and see how he sees. And I love that he is he's that good, he's that patient. And uh, and so I would just love us that we would finish off continuing to, to worship him for another few moments. And if there's something in one of these three lessons that actually has provoked something within you, just while the guy's worshiping, you want somebody to pray for you, just maybe just ask somebody that's around you, those ones that are close to you, stay close to them and let them pray for you. Or if you want, um, love to, to pray with you if there's something from these three points that has provoked. Um, I'll finish with this. The closing words in the common book of prayer for, this, for today. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you. Wherever he may send you, may he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors.